The Burroughs of Berea is a conversational podcast. We study the Bible and we talk about it. Not all of us are of the same faith, and one of us doesn't actually have a faith. And that's wonderful. We all love one another, and we're going to continue to talk about these things. The things we believe in and the things we believe about what we read in the Bible. Not all of these are necessarily true. Some of it is opinion and speculation. Thank you for listening and speculating with us. There you go. That was good. Yes. Oops, oops, oops. <laughs> you are listening to the Burrows of Berea. Nody no 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 nody no no notes nody no notes from the underground. Welcome back to the Burrows of Berea. I am Rick Welch, and behind the glass is Rocket Man Andy Bishop. And to my right, Tiziana Severse. The mom. <laughs> she moms <laughs> so hard. Yeah, Tiziana, the mom Severse. My tagline is go make your bed. <laughs> Severse is the root severe. Like she's a severe no. mom. Yeah. No. Stern but fair. That's yeah. how my friend That's TJ right. used to Stern but fair. That's right. Well, as we left our last episode, uh, we did a really uh, deep dive into the background of the land, the culture, who the Philistines were. Uh, one thing that we didn't get into was Dagon, the god um, of the Philistines, which we're going to get into, I think, maybe in this part two, maybe part three. I don't know. This is probably going to be a five or six part series. It's pretty deep. Mm-hmm. I want to give this much time into Samson and Delilah, or Shimshon mm-hmm. and Delilah, mm-hmm. as they say in their language. Um, it's it's not as cut and dry as you think it is. It's not just, yeah, man, he was strong and cut his hair and then he couldn't lift nothing more. And that's what is that woman. She was a whore and she did it to him. You know, like, <laughs> you know, it's so simple. It's not. It's not that simple. And before you start pointing fingers at Delilah or the wife of Samson, like before you get into that, you got to understand their culture and where they're coming from and what they're faced with and what they're trying to accomplish in their own life. And they are not Israelites. They don't have that same connection to God that Samson does. So they're, you know, before you, you know, push them down and say, oh, they're just bad. There's more to these women than you think, you know, and it's not just they're evil. You know, it was the Israelites, the evil in the sight of the Lord to start with, right? Your ignorant redneck voice cracks me up. (laughs) It's too, I don't know why. And it's so, it's unfair because I know plenty of smart people who speak that way. Oh, it's nothing against them. No, no, no. I love Southern people. You know, we always, like, I love Larry the Cable Guy. I just like to do. He's not Southern. He's from Michigan. Yeah. I think he's actually from Kansas. No, oh, Kansas? No, I looked at, I, I looked him Michigan. up. I looked you? him up. Okay. Yeah, look him up. Look him up. Andy's going to Google his name, it right Dan now. what? No, just look up Larry the Cable Guy in Dan Wikipedia. Whitney. Dan, yeah, something like that. Anyway, anyway. I think he's from Nebraska or from from that Kansas. That south, sir. You know. That's the Midwest. <laughs> I like when he says, you know, I went, uh, he said, I got me some of them edible eating britches. And he said, uh, you better be glad they don't make them things in biscuit and gravy flavored. <laughs> He was born in Pawnee City, Nebraska. Bam! I don't, I don't oh. know that that's where he was raised, but oh, that's no, as no. far as I've I have no idea. I think it was Michigan. He's from Nebraska. No, I, Look, I, don't was, give I think a he was F. raised Nebraska's in Nebraska's like not a, the South. No, it's sure not. Sure not. <laughs> They're the corn huskers. It's objectively not the South, though. Yeah. No, you're, no, you're right. But it's funny because, you know, I, I use that voice only because I've met some people and they, you know, there are some very, very intelligent Southern people with that. That same accent. It's sure. sure. It's like and my it's, Valley Girl voice that yeah, I do. You I'm know, a like it was, theologian. Yeah, it's just. Really, it just I love that me up joke so it. much. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. It's so funny. 
Anyway. Okay, story, story, story. Samson, Samson, Samson. Yeah, so here we go. So now Samson has been born and he grew up and here we are in Judges chapter 14. Do you want to read this one? You want to read yeah, some? Yeah, sure. I'll read some. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, how far you want me to read? Oh, I don't know. Just put a hand up when you want me to stop. Okay. Once Samson went down to Timnah, and at Timnah he saw a Philistine woman. Then he came up and told his father and mother, I saw a Philistine woman at Timnah. Now get her for me as a wife. But his father and mother said to him, is there not a woman among your kin or among all our people that you must go and take a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines? But Samson said to his father, get her for me because she pleases me. His father and mother did not know that this was from the Lord, for he was seeking a pretext to act against the Philistines. At that time, the Philistines had dominion over Israel. Yeah, that's a good place to stop Mm -hmm. because- (laughs) May I, I, but I'm sorry. Okay, so uh, interesting fact. Uh, you know, he's raised on a pig farm, but he went to <laughs> high school uh, in West Palm Beach, Florida, which we can all agree is the North. And, uh, <laughs> but but he graduated from the Berean Christian School in West Palm Beach in 92 and then went to a Baptist university in Georgia. Wow. Dan, Larry the Cable Guy. And what's his actual name again? Dan Whitney. So Dan he had Whitney. some experience in Ber- the South. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, college. The south of the north. Yeah. The north yeah. The south. West yeah. Palm Beach. Well, I mean, he, did, he went to college. North. He went to a Bible school at in Georgia. college in Georgia, which is pretty, pretty, it's about as south as you can. And it was yeah. called Berean College. So. Well, that's the high school. He actually went to the Berean High School. I just oh, okay. thought it was an interesting connection, That is interesting. Though. I like that. Now, I don't yeah. feel so bad you in that voice no more, man. No, uh-uh. No, that's yeah. good. I, I'm not as mad about it. Well, speaking of Southern, whenever you want a woman, you just tell your parents, go, go get, get her. her. <laughs> Get her done. Somebody come get her. She's acting like a Philistine. <laughs> <laughs> so it's so it's so funny though if you think about it. Like number one, they're not supposed to intermarry. Absolutely, that's from the law. So they're yes. not supposed to do that. So that's why his parents are like, "What?" He's like, "I see this hottie." And, and in I my opinion, yeah. the Philistines must have been pretty hot. They must have been. They had to be because every time you hear of a Philistine woman taking down a man, they're yeah. super hot. Now, I have like a whole other thing about that, though. I think they were also the other. Yeah. Everybody wants to have sex on the grass different. is green on the yeah. other mm-hmm. side. I think that, that it also be, had sure. to do with like a sort of exoticism and a sort of fetishization of like these foreign women, quote unquote. Yeah. For him, it was like, she's pleasing to the eyes. P.S. He went down to Timna. That's right. So, <laughs> is that a metaphor? No. It's kind of like no, devil went down to Georgia. I, yeah. No, but see, <laughs> Samson has, uh, this happens later. Samson goes into Philistine territory all the time. So two things. Number one, they couldn't have been oppressing Israel that bad if like the lines of communication were such that you could just wander on down to each other's territory. No problem. Second they of all, just weren't supposed to be there. Yeah. So, but but the, he went there. There was no problem. I know, but they weren't supposed to, well, they weren't supposed to be there in the first place. That was the land that was promised Oh, yeah, to yeah, them, yeah, yeah. Right? But what I'm saying is like when it comes to like, when we think of oppression and oppressing Israel, yeah. right? Like there was this free flow mm-hmm. happening, first of all. And then second of all, again, once again, Israel is like a 400-mile stretch Yep. based on that map. The Philistines' territory is 20 miles. Yep. They weren't oppressing the entire country. No, they, it was just, again, it's a religious story. Yeah, that's right. So it, it, the oppression is seen as there is this, this Dagon. And it's really about, if you think about the ending, and most of us mm-hmm. know how it ends. Yeah. It's Yahweh overcoming Dagon. Yeah, yeah, that's really what this is about. That's what it's about. Yeah. And so- you know, we think about Samson and the hair, but there's this other god, Dagon of the Philistines. Yeah. You know, they I've heard him called the fish god. You've seen the picture where it's got like the fishtail fin on the bo- on the mm. bottom. Um, Dagon, um, I've seen it pr- uh, 
spelled D-A-G-A-N as well. Basically, it means grain. Mm. That's the word. It means grain. Mm -hmm. And then also, Dagon is known as the father of the Baals, Mm -hmm. which I had never known, and that his father was El, like the supreme Mm -hmm. being. Mm -hmm. When we talked about the divine council, and, and I told you after the Tower of Babel fell, or was when God didn't fall, but whenever he went and he spread all the people out and created the 70 nations, and I said there was a God over every nation. Yeah. I believe that these are those gods that that we're talking about, Mm -hmm. you know, that were over other nations. So that's why a Gentile, you know, when we when a Gentile gets saved, we're not repenting from worshiping other gods because we didn't have a law telling us not to. We're asking, we're asking, we're just believing that what Christ did was for us. I'm not Mm -hmm. saying you don't repent of sin. I'm just saying that we didn't take on sins. That's one of them. One of them, right? Like, yeah. I mean, it's it's not. We're not being judged because we worshipped a false god. They were. Right. They weren't supposed to follow them, right? Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, so for him to go down into the Philistine country, it's like he's, it says it's of the Lord. Yeah. So if it's of the Lord now, this is where Yahweh is coming into Dagon territory. Yeah. Right? But I don't think it removes culpability. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that I struggle oh, with. Oh, definitely like, not. No, yeah, you're right. Because so, so, so God. This is a, a picture of like we talked about last time when God says, "Don't do a thing," and then every, and the, except for in this case, because it's okay with me, because I'm part of it. Yeah. But so, so anyway, so I think that it's important to keep note. Just because God has, is allowing all of this, because He's got a plan and He's going to utilize Samson, doesn't mean that. Samson needs to be valorized or idealized for his behavior. Mm-hmm. He still went down into Philistine territory. And he still found a Philistine woman. Yep. His parents said, don't do that. It's going to be bad. And right. he still said, too bad. She's hot. Get her for me. <laughs> but it, he did. And it's interesting, though, if it says it's of the Lord. So what does that mean, it's of the Lord? Does that mean that Samson was tempted and then went on with it and it was of the Lord anyway? I have a, So I have an opinion about that that's based on my understanding of, for example, the way that um, God hardened Pharaoh's heart in Egypt. Mm-hmm. So different scholars have debated this over the years because are human beings puppets or are we not puppets? Like, how does that work? Mm -hmm. And so one of the scholarly articles that I read in school and one that resonates with me is that God did not, Pharaoh was not a puppet, but God saw Pharaoh's heart and saw what Pharaoh's intentions already were anyways. Mm -hmm. And so God found a way to go ahead and like, give him what he wanted anyways. So that was, Pharaoh's heart was going to be what Pharaoh's heart was. And so God just didn't attempt to change his mind. Right. God said, "Okay, this is what you want to do. This is that. where you're going to go. I'm going to I'm going to follow suit and I'm going to follow that. your guiding on this." Yeah. Is and, that what you believe? Um cuz I disagree with that. That's fine. I said I, God Pharaoh God hardened Pharaoh's heart and that's what I that's I think that's what he did. That yeah. And I understand that. It, for me, it come, becomes an issue of then people are puppets and nobody has agency and nobody should be blamed not for anything all people, that they do. Not all people. Yeah. If, when Paul talks about mm-hmm. the different vessels, Mhm. And this is good. This is perfect yeah, yeah. for this. Mm-hmm. When, when when Paul talks about the different vessels, some are made for noble purpose and some for yeah. common. Mm-hmm. If you lived in the Matrix and you saw a, a, a bot that mm-hmm. was just in the Matrix doing its thing, it wouldn't matter what that bot was doing for all of the real people that were feeding the Matrix. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds weird, but in the world that we live mm-hmm. in, there are certain people, it says that God turns the heart of the king. Am I wrong? No, you're right. So when you pray, we pray for our leaders. I pray for President yeah. Biden. I say, God... You know, give him the wisdom to mm-hmm. help lead our people. Mm-hmm. And some people are like, I wouldn't pray for Biden. He's full of hail. You know, and it's like, well, no, actually, mm-hmm. I'm supposed to pray for the leaders of my country. I prayed mm-hmm. for Trump, even though I couldn't yeah. stand it. Mm-hmm. People are people are weird if they want 
if they want their superiors to fail terribly. Yes. Like, I don't think you thought that one through. No, and yeah, here's right? the fact. I, I, I want Biden to succeed because if he does, then my nation succeeds. Yeah. Which means my people are okay. And yeah. we're suffering right now in, in yeah. weird ways financially and all yeah. this. And I'm asking God, give him the wisdom to do it. Will God turn his heart and make him see things? I believe so. Give him the magic gas yeah. magic wand. I, 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 see, <laughs> I, I believe that it turns more. So for me, it turns more into every human being has a spark of the divine in them. Every created thing has a spark of the divine in it, mm-hmm. right? Whether it's a vessel for destruction or whether it's a vessel for whatever, it has right. a spark of the divine in it. But that spark of divine is trapped in a body of flesh that mm-hmm. has a mind, that has urges, that has a primal nature, mm-hmm. and that has trauma. Yeah, And so I believe that when we pray for people, we are praying for the strengthening of that spark of divine that already exists in them mm-hmm. so that when God comes— that, you know, when God says, okay, fine, I heard your cry, I will I will go speak to this person. But they still have to listen. He who has ears to hear, let him listen, mm-hmm. let him hear. Not everyone has ears to hear because- Everybody's got ears, but not everyone has, has ears, ears to hear. but not right. ears to hear because everyone has that spark of divine in them, but not everybody is working to make that spark of the divine in them live in alignment with their temple. Mm-hmm. And so I, 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 God hardened Pharaoh's heart. I understand that that's what it says, but I'm taking it within the context of the language that they had at the time. Mm-hmm. And there, and the, the fact that the story is coming from the Israelite perspective specifically. And for me, I think I do agree with some scholars that it's more of like a reference to God giving them over to their lusts, God giving them over to their fantasies, you know, like he did in the days of Noah. Mm-hmm. God says, I can see what you're doing And I could intervene, but I'm pretty sure it's not going to do anything because I can see all of you completely. Now, the prayers of a good person can move the hand of God to try, Mm -hmm. but God ultimately knows what is and isn't going to happen. So I think that God hardening Pharaoh's heart, I I do believe that the language is more around God surrendering Pharaoh to his own arrogance. When you get to Romans 8, 9, and 10, though, you Mm -hmm. have to, because Paul breaks it down for you. Yeah. He really does. Romans... I know you don't like what Paul says all the time, though. It's not that I don't like what Paul says all the time. I I, I also, when we get down to see, we're going to get way off into the stratosphere on this one. I know. Because I think that Paul's, I think when it comes to Paul, Paul is using in Romans a Greek rhetorical Scott style. That's right. Where you have an interlocutor. Mm-hmm. Where you have an interlocutor, which is a person who's asking a question, right. and then Paul is responding. Yeah, Greek, which is why I love the book so much. Greek grammar does not have quotations. Mm-hmm. So it's left up to the reader and context to understand when is he speaking in the voice of the interlocutor and when is he speaking in the voice of himself. And I don't think that common understanding has that as clear as we'd like to think. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to the book of Romans, that's a whole other conversation because I don't, I've read other things and we've talked about this before. Pamela Eisenbaum's Paul was not a Christian. I I don't necessarily think that Paul's talking to who we think he's talking to. Mm-hmm. And I don't always think that when Paul's speaking in the voice of the interlocutor, who's theoretically just asking Paul questions, giving Paul a rhetorical argument so that Paul can talk against it. I don't think we have all those correct. Yeah. I also read a book by a guy named um, Jose Gonzalez. So my those two readings to me have sort of changed the whole meaning of that book. And so I don't think he's talking about what we think he's talking about. I don't think it means what you think it means. Yeah. Uh, little Princess Bride for you. Yeah, I do. I don't. I do not think that word means. I don't think that word means what you think it means. God, right. Brilliant. So, well, but that's be- what I think. But that's so that's a whole other thing. No, so and I think so in good. this regard, I think God knew Samson from the beginning. Yeah. And I think God knew his mom. Mm-hmm. And so God made the Nazarite covenant with his mom, knowing that Samson was going to be a disobedient, arrogant, hothead man. Yep. And God said, you know what? I'm going to use it. Yeah. 
I'm going to use it. It's of the Lord. So he allowed Samson to do so what Samson like, was going to so do. So he allowed Samson to do what he was going to do. He also allowed David to do what he was going to do, mm-hmm. but it didn't remove David from culpability. And That's David right. had so much blood on his hands that he wasn't even allowed to build God's temple. Solomon right. had to do it. So just because God gives you over to your own devices and says, you know what? I'm going to find a way to make this work doesn't mean you're not culpable. Right. No, that's good. So now that he is on his way down to get this woman, because mom and dad decided to go ahead and do it. They didn't know yeah. it, but they're going to go ahead and do it. So let's just continue on. Uh, that Can you start from verse number five? Yes. Or I'll, how about I read it this time? Okay. Then Samson went down with his father and mother to Timnah, and they came to the vineyards of Timnah, And behold, a young lion came toward him roaring. Then the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon him, and although he had nothing in his hand, he tore the lion in pieces as one tears a young goat. But he did not tell his father or his mother what he had done. Then he went down and talked with the woman, and she was right in Samson's eyes. He's like, baby, you look nice. Not only are you pretty, you talk good. After some days, he returned to take her, and he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion, and behold, there was a swarm of bees in the body of the lion and honey. He scraped it out into his hands and went on, eating as he went, and he came to his father and mother and gave some to them, and they ate, but he did not tell them that he had scraped the honey from the carcass of the lion. So everything that we've shown you, Andy, I just want to ask you this question. What's wrong with what we just read? In regard to this story, I've gotten too many texts. Oh, okay, <laughs> that's what's wrong with this. Well, let me. I'm dealing with it. I'm so sorry. No, I'm don't worry. With a second thing in the background. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. <laughs> I can't always count on the sound engineer to focus. No, but honestly, you know, we've you've heard enough of the Nazarite vow that you know that number one, he's not allowed to go around a corpse. Yeah. Right. Well, he just killed a lion. Mm-hmm. But one of the things— Oh, yeah. oh you, you know, it never would have occurred to me that that even mattered. Right, exactly. Because you'd think it means humans, right, you assume? Yeah, well, it says, a, what, a lion rushed upon him? Yeah. A young lion came toward him roaring, and the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon him, and although he had nothing in his hand, he tore the lion in pieces as one tears a young goat. Of course, how many of y'all have tore a young goat? So, Oh, that's like every Friday. <laughs> right? But like it's interesting, Friday it says, night. if you notice, it, it sort of sounds like it's going down. It went down. We were looking down with his father and mother to Timna, which you, where you probably shouldn't be going. And they came to the vineyards of Timna. What else is he not allowed to drink or eat or touch? Anything of divine. Exactly. And so the fact that he's going into Timna, going into the vineyards, it's already, he's already, it's like, it's like even Adam in the garden, like, hey, just touch it, touch it, just eat it, yes. just eat it, right? He's tempting himself, really, by walking through. So he, this roaring lion comes out. When I think lion, I think about Satan, the adversary, mm. the roaring lion that's coming to stop him. Mm. The one, mm-hmm. the lion that seeks to devour. Because mm-hmm. that's what that lion came to do. But I think Sam's, of the lion of Judah. Do you? Mm-hmm. Well, I can go there too, the Lion of Judah, but it says that, you know, Peter talks about the lion, that Satan goes about like a, a roaring lion yeah, seeking yeah, to yeah, devour. Yeah, yeah. I think that as Samson's going down to get mm-hmm. this Philistine woman to marry outside of his people, and then God's allowing him to go down there to have a moment with the Philistines, mm-hmm. is what he's doing. He's mm-hmm. creating this moment for it. Then this lion comes to kill him and he tears it apart. But it's interesting because he tears it apart, he kills it. He doesn't tell his mom and dad what's up, which is weird. Which is weird. The reason why is because he's killed. Hey, he's, hey Dad, I, I fought a lion. Guess what I did today, Dad? 
<laughs> Do you think that his mom told him what a Nazarite vow was? I am certain she did. You betcha. Yep. Because he didn't want did to tell his parents. Because they were uh. going to shave his head. Yeah, make him start over. And then he was going to have to, he's going to look like a laughing stock. That's right. And so now he's destroyed this lion. So then he goes on. Well, then he comes back and he reaches his hand into the carcass to get this honey to eat it because some bees had built a nest, you know, and these honeybees were inside this dead lion. Well, and also it's important to note time frames. Mm-hmm. It says sometime later he went back to whatever, you know. So these marriage contracts could take up to like a year. Yeah. And so by the time he comes back, the lion is just bones. Just carcass. Yeah. It's not there's not it's not like it's still a bloody meaty right. thing. Uh-huh. Like it's gone. And it's just like yeah, oh, but it's, it's still a dead thing. thing. I was like, that's huh? wild. It's still a dead thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's yeah. still a dead thing. That's right. right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, but I think it's important, like to, there's been a space of time. I just think like just for the visual, it's not like it's like a bloody guts, you know yeah. what I mean? Like it was bones. Well, that's good that they built because thing that had my brain like yeah, and so um, yeah. Well, like bees in a but then he gives it to his mom too. He gives it to his parents <laughs> to eat too, which technically defiles his mom. That's exactly right. Yeah. Now she didn't have to hold the vow for the rest of his life, just during the yeah. pregnancy and his birth. Yeah. But he was technically defiling his mom too because she wants what's best for her son. And he was supposed to hold that vow the rest of his life. That's what a, what it doesn't a parent always try to help their yeah. children become what they're supposed sure. to be? That's right. So yeah, I mean, but he again after he eats the honey. He doesn't tell them where he got the honey from. Right. They were just like, oh, thanks, cool, Samson. Thanks. This is some great honey. Such a good boy. This is clover spun. You know, mm. it's, nope. Got it from a dead line, you know. <laughs> it's dead mate, honey. But I like how you put the time. Yeah. Because it's important to understand that when we read it, a lot of times things seem so quick, but yeah. it's not, man. It could have been no. two, it could have been two years for all you know, but most likely it was enough time where the carcass was there, the bees had time. I don't even know what time of year this was when he killed the lion. The vineyard, so obviously it's in the spring, summertime. So who knows? You know, but anyway. So that's his is that his first act of like strength? That is the first time that you hear about his strength. Yeah, this is the first act. And so he gets that lion. And uh, tears it apart, and then he eats of the honey. So he's broken his Nazarite vow. All right. So when you get to uh, verse ten, it says his father went down to the woman, and Samson prepared a feast there, for so the young men used to do. As and I guess whenever Judges was written, they were no longer doing that anymore. Because <laughs> yeah. just think about the author and put yourself in context. He's like, for so the young men used to do that. Like they used to prepare a feast. We don't do that anymore. We ain't got time for that. It's kind of sounds like us, right? It's just. It sounds metaphorical and uh-huh. it worthwhile to me that that he reaps honey from that exchange. Does that make like honey it, is it sounds it sounds wisdom. more it metaphorical is than yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah the sweetness of temptation uh-huh. the sweetness overdid his faithfulness towards God. But it's also I mean but mm. honey's sweet but it's also it's also a reward. Yeah. It, you know what I mean? Like, and it that's signifies a treat. knowledge in Hebrew culture too. Like, Does it? you know, yeah, like one uh, of the words, he eats okay, the words cool. of the scroll and they taste like honey. Yep. And that's also a note from my NRSV. Um, Sorry to back this up. I no, just, no, no, it's this, fine. this is a honey fascinating was regarded, little yeah, tiny thing. Honey was regarded as having the potential to enlighten and give courage. So it also uh, is yeah, that. But I like one. that read a lot too. It's like this example of like the temptation of the thing that is sweet that you want but there's a certain level of courage required. So I think this is just yet another example of God knowing Samson and who he already is and what his traits already are and mm-hmm. finding some way 
to like work it out because it was the plan that he had against the Philistine gods. Mm-hmm. It was he was going to use Samson's natural inborn traits for his own purposes, just like right. he was going to use Pharaoh's natural inborn traits for his own purposes. Cast yeah. it, baby. And something you're going to start hearing a lot of as we get you know through these is you're going to start hearing and the spirit of the Lord comes upon him. Yeah, like that moment whenever the roaring lion was coming. So he was in the vineyards. I think he shouldn't have been there. I don't think so either. And so the roaring lion comes, but it's the spirit of the Lord that allows him to overcome that enemy. Yeah. But even though he overcomes the enemy, he still goes down, does what he does with this woman. And then mm-hmm. when he comes back, that sweetness of that temptation, like victory is mine. It's an example yeah. of how Samson is unable to put aside his own desires and do what's right. Right. That, and that is a common theme for Samson. Yep. We're going to huh. keep seeing that. It most certainly is. Absolutely. So, do you mind reading some? No, I don't mind hey, reading man, at all. You care if you read? Because I love this next part. So, uh, let's start with verse 10. And that's yeah. where we were just a second ago. Mm-hmm. His father went down to the woman, and Samson made a feast there as the young men were accustomed to do. When the people saw him, they brought 30 companions to be with him. Samson said to them, let me now put a riddle to you. If you can explain it to me within the seven days of the feast and find it out, then I will give you 30 linen garments and 30 festival garments. But if you, 60 in total. But if you cannot explain it to me, then you shall give me 30 linen garments and 30 festival garments. Festal garments. Mm -hmm. So they said to him, ask your riddle, let us hear it. And he said to them, out of the eater came something to eat. Out of the strong came something sweet. But for three days, they could not explain the riddle. On the fourth day, they said to Samson's wife, coax your husband to explain the riddle to us, or we will burn you in your father's house with fire. Have you invited us here to impoverish us? So Samson's wife wept before him saying, you hate me. You do not really love me. You have asked a riddle of my people, but you have not explained it to me. He said to her, look, I've not even told my father or my mother. Why should I tell you? She wept before him the seven days that their feast lasted. And because she nagged him on the seventh day, he told her. Then she explained the riddle to her people. The men of the town said to him on the seventh day before the sun went down. Will you stop right there? Yeah. Andy, so the riddle, this is the riddle, okay? Yeah, yeah, it was real short. It it felt like an unfinished sentence. Out of the eater came something to eat. Out of the strong came something sweet. Uh Based on what you've just heard that this man did, what do you think he's talking about? What did he just do? The lion. The lion and the honey. Sure, yeah. Correct? Yeah. So- He's telling a riddle about something he did. Now, yeah, that's that's that. That's not so, really a riddle. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. This is called Samson's riddle, but it's interesting. Okay, these people, the Philistines, based on what I've read here, they look like a gambling bunch. They like to well, play. I also, uh, reading in the, again in the NRSV. Um, so first of all, the thirty companions. Companions were a standard feature of marriage celebrations, mm-hmm. um, and but the fact that there were so many suggests the Philistines um, that Philistines' impressive physical physique caused them to think they might need extra security. Um, but in the ancient world, proposing and solving riddles was a popular pastime. Yeah. So it's a popular it pastime. It was just a thing they did to pass the time, but not the gambling part. Oh, but yeah, not, oh, yeah, not the gambling part. So okay, yeah, that's, that's what I'm that's trying cool. to say. Oh, is that, that's cool, that's cool. So he's doing this riddle. He's yeah. playing this common pastime that they all have, but he wants it with a little bit of, let's yeah. make this interesting, right. shall we? Right. So what's the point of the garments? Do you know the point of the garments? Oh, no. Uh, you only really have one garment, maybe two if you're lucky in ancient yeah. times. Yeah, okay, yeah. So the fact is festal garments or these the common garment that you would wear and then also the nice garments that you would wear. So what he's saying is to all of these men, I'll give you two garments. Like mm-hmm. this is going to cost a yeah. lot. 
But if you lose, then me, Mr. One Guy, gets all of that. The same quantity. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's gonna it's really gonna enhance him. Well, they were gonna lose their shirts. Ah, uh, they were <laughs> in the bet. That's right. There's set two sets of garments, your linen garment and your festal garment, and there were 30 men. So, so these, they had to give him his clo- to give him their clothes. So the Philistines, huh. these guys are a gambling bunch. Yeah. They are. But not only that, they shore up their bets. They play like the mob. Mm. Right? Because yeah, think yeah. about it. They play like the mob because they're like, uh, if you don't get us the, the answer to that riddle, we're going to burn your father's house with fire. Yeah, it's You're going to be swimming with the fishes over is he, here. Is he wealthy enough to give out 60 garments? Like, no. what's going on? Which is why Who, he told Samson? a riddle that was impossible to solve. Yeah, I was going to say. Was a, it yeah. was a dick move. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. Samson does not have that. that kind of film. Do what? I just said a dick move. Oh, yeah, well, it's true. It is. It was a really rude thing to do. He he got them to agree to the riddle and got them to agree to the gamble and then told them a riddle that was literally impossible to solve yeah, because yeah. only he knew the answer. Yeah. Now, have you ever met somebody that um, isn't necessarily smart, but he tries to play smart? Mm. Samson, you might think that this, like, like he's a smart guy, maybe. I don't know. To me, he's not a big dumb oaf. Like mm-hmm. he's, but at the same time, he's playing this game yeah. with these other people. And if he comes out on top, not only does he win that, but he's kind of like, I'm the mental giant as well. Like yeah. I'm the guy, right? So Samson's not that smart. He really isn't. In fact, he has these severe weaknesses. That's a weakness of his. Mm-hmm. Just like the temptation of women, the temptation to be the big guy is also something for him. Mm-hmm. And he can, and later on in his life, he will. Like, you're going to see some stuff that this dude could do that's like no one else. And let's not forget in Hebrews chapter 11, what they call the Faith Hall of Fame. Yeah. Or the Hall of Faith. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Samson makes the list. Samson makes that list. Did you know that? What's the Hall of Fame? So in Hebrews. It's not that I didn't know it, it's just that like you reminded me of it and I'm irritated. I don't like Samson. Well, he made the Hall of Faith. So you got to stop. You got to think about it. This story is not like what we think it is. I think also that it's an example, if I'm careful, because I love David, who was also a jerk. It's an example (laughs) of even an imperfect person can please God because all it takes to please God is faith. And it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that God approves of these people's behavior or these actions. But what God craves from us more than anything is faith. Right. No, I get it. And, yeah. and and listen, I understand why you feel that way. Like, I really do. Like, But you're not going to know why until you get to the end of Samson's life to right. understand why he made that Hall of Faith, right? Well, you do, but I'm just saying anybody, if they haven't really read it. Yeah. So now that uh, Andy was able to pick up on it better than the Philistines because he knew the story. So let's go on after that part where he says, um, on the seventh day before the sun went down, Yeah. So then she told the riddle to her people, and the men of the city said to him on the seventh day before the sun went down, what is sweeter than honey? What is stronger than a lion? And he said to them, whoops. Yeah, so they. then she told the riddle to her people, and the men of the city said to him on the seventh day before the sun went down, right before this bet was over, they answer it. Well, what is sweeter than honey? What is stronger than a lion? And my favorite... (laughs) This is my favorite line in the Bible. I love it. And he said to them, if you had not plowed with my heifer, you would not have found out my riddle. (sighs) Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says that I can call 
a woman a heifer. A heifer. I would love for you to go home and chat with your wife. <laughs> if you, yeah. I would love for you to do that. If you are not plowed with And then with I would like heifer. for you to come back and tell us all how that goes over. <laughs> Listen, this Bible, man, it's you can it's in the Bible. Heifer. Heifer. If you haven't plowed my heifer. Heifer. So, plowed my heifer is a whole th- phrase so too. Right. So that's Samson's right. lost the bet. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Do you want to read what ha- what he does? Yeah. If you go yeah. to verse number 19. 100%. Then the Spirit of the Lord rushed on him, and he went down to Ashkelon, a Philistine city. A Philistine city. He killed 30 men of the town, took their spoil, and gave the vestal garments to those who had explained oh, the riddle. Never mind the linen garments. That's In right. hot anger, he went back to his father's house, and Samson's wife was given to his companion who had been his best man. So we'll stop right there. So he, I don't think... Had he actually married her? So that's or was the this thing. just betrothal? Because I'm a little confused yeah. there. So if I look down at the thing here, I'm it still says, hung up on the mass murder. Yeah. But we're getting ready on. to get to that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. So um, sometime later, well, I guess there's a thing that has it. So yeah, I I don't I'm not exactly sure exactly how Philistine and Israelite marriage laws worked together, but they're really, it might've been that it was a period of betrothal. It might've also been that they literally got married and that this this seven day festival was like the wedding period after which they would have consummated the marriage. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yes, it was a wedding feast, but no, they hadn't consummated the marriage. Yeah. I don't think they consummated because yeah. he was going back down, yes. which we'll get in the next chapter. So then he throws a fit and bails and leaves and goes back to his father's house, leaves his bride. Now, that was not entirely uncommon for a wife to stay with her husband, with her family, mm-hmm. and the husband to return to his father's home. Uh, I go to my father's house to prepare a place for you. Yeah. So theoretically, he would have gone to his parents' house if she was going to come home and be Jewish with him and build a room for her, and then they were to come, right, or whatever. But um, that's just, not. He just, you just nailed it. But you nailed it to oh, me. Oh yeah. You mm-hmm. nailed it because that's why I think they're betrothed. Yeah. I think that in order for the bridegroom to come back to get to get yeah. his bride, he left, but he left under really bad circumstances. Yeah. He went down and killed a bunch of people and brought their stuff But back. now there's already been a wedding feast. So someone was, should have married her at the end of those seven days because now she's already been, she's already gone through this thing. So that's she right. can't start over. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, oh no, like, what are we going to do? So his father, her father, in order to protect her honor, in order to protect her name, in order to protect his family- it's just like, um, okay, and give, her, says, the best give her the best man. So now he probably consummated the marriage, finished the marriage ceremony. That's right. And became, you know, her husband. Wow. Yeah, which is gonna happen when you get to the next yeah. the next. But you're right, Andy, it was a mass murder. So this guy, when he gets angry, when he goes into what's called hot anger, like that hot anger, like he's seeing you know, he's seeing red, he's flying blind, he's rolling down, and so he's gonna fulfill his side of the story, but not without wiping out some Philistines in the process. So he basically kills a bunch of men, takes their stuff, and then gives them to pay back the bet. <laughs> wow. You know, goes into their territory to marry one of their women, murders a bunch of them after doing a total jerk move by giving them a riddle they can't possibly solve and then bails. But I do think it's really important to note that she would she and her her dad had nothing to do with any of this. Mm-hmm. They were just people living their happy little lives. And she was doing everything in her power and her dad was doing everything in her power to save her herself and her people and her and her dad mm-hmm. from being burned to the ground by these people. Yeah, he he's the one that brought on the riddle during this thing. Yeah. If they would have just shut up and just done their thing, they'd have been married and moved on. But everything would have been fine. He had to be smarter than them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. See. Yep. So Samson's a lot more than just his hair, right? Like the strong yeah. guy with hair. There's yeah. a whole lot to this guy. 
Yeah. And he made the Hall of Faith. He's complicated. Yeah, mm-hmm. you and it's only and we're only getting started on this guy. Yeah, we haven't even got to Delilah. There's really only one page before we get to Delilah. But yeah, yeah, that's right. It's a bizarrely short story for how much time we can dig into it. It really is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you you know the. I don't know if we have enough time on this episode. We'll probably just well, well let's cap it there. Yeah. I think it'd be smart for us to cap it there. Can I end it at least with a joke? Well, uh, you I can think try. you have to. <laughs> I think it's required. It is. Re- I try. I try. Yeah. So this this uh, boy goes in to see the priest mm-hmm. because it's uh, he needs to make confession, and the priest says, "Okay, son, you know what is what's going on?" And he says, "Well, he said, uh, Father, I've I've had some uh, carnal knowledge about women." And he says, okay. He says, well, he said, it is a sin. And uh, he said, I'm just curious. He said, uh, can you tell me who, you know, who, who it was with? And he was like, no, Father, I, I, I can't do that. And he says, so it wasn't uh, Maggie Fitzgerald, that wanton, you know, woman. And he's like, no, 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 Father, it wasn't. And he goes, so then was it Annie O'Houlihan? The prostitutes of Babylon have never shamed people like that woman. And he's like, oh, no, no, Father, uh, no. And he goes, then the only one left is Nancy Kelly. And he's like, um, <laughs> Father, I, I'm sorry, no, uh, and I'm not going to tell you the name. He said, well, I, I'd really like to know who it is. No, I'm sorry, Father, I can't tell you the name. He's like, all right. Well, it is a sin. Say 15 Hail Marys, and um, you cannot sing in the choir this weekend. He's like, but... But Father, I'm a choir boy. And he's like, you're not, you're, you're being punished. You're not singing in the choir this weekend. And he's like, okay. So he lets him go. And the, the, the boy goes outside, you know, and sits down on the steps. And these two other choir boys come up to him. And they're like, well, what happened in there? And he's like, well, I got the weekend off and I got three good leads. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. How about that? That's, that's that, okay. That was all right. That's really funny. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Three I'm glad we got Monty the singing donkey laughing at these jokes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'll put it. <laughs> that's funny stuff. Wow. Anyway, well, okay, cool. Yeah, this was a good study. So we've we've only we've only gotten part of the way. We haven't actually got to Delilah, yeah. which is the study on Samson and Delilah. But we will next time. You well, know, we'll keep yeah, going. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's no reason. It's no need to hurry. I mean, you guys are, I think, doing a great job, so. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to look back at this and to, to learn a little bit more, you know. Uh, there are some things that I want to remember for to remind us when we get there at the end is that I want to find, a lot of times we find typology in, this, in the Bible and things about Christ, things about John the Baptist, things that I wanted to bring out that we didn't get to today, and we will at the very end. But just remember— this is a religious story, and this is about Yahweh against Dagon and about his people against other people. And we don't live in that world today. Mm-hmm. The world we live in today, Christ paid for all of that so that we all are the same. We all are the same now. We can all cry out to him. We, we're not pushed back and forth about, about this anymore. Mm-hmm. Does that make any sense to you? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. <laughs> Well, Tiziana, thanks so much for being here. Oh yeah, it's lovely. Yeah, I can't wait. Let's get to, let's get the next few parts on the schedule before okay. that baby gets here. Can yeah, we? yeah. Okay. When's uh when's your due date ish? Uh, well, it's October twenty fourth, but okay. it's not. I'm not going to go that long. No. No, I mean, I, nobody in my family carries a baby past thirty seven weeks. Really? <laughs> yeah, we cook them and pop them out. A baby is fully grown at 
36 weeks. After that, they just gain weight. Like uh-huh. a, yeah. a 36-week-old baby is perfectly fine. Uh-huh. So I imagine sometime end of September, first part of October. Are you going to do anything different this time? Are you going to go to a hospital or are you going to do anything different? No, I mean, I went to a hospital last time because my water broke, but I wasn't in labor. Aurora was premature by like, she was a 34-week baby, 34 and a half weeks. So I had to have like more medical interventions than I would have wanted, but I did have her without any drugs. So she was a totally natural birth. Wow. Um, which, and you were standing. You were a beast. Yeah, I told you all that story. <laughs> yeah. yeah, squatting. Squatted uh, down, yeah. <laughs> Pushed her out like a champion. But, um, so, but. You were metal. Yeah, <laughs> so metal. That's yeah. right. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, right. That's I forgot Dylan that. said you were yeah, metal. he said it was the most metal thing he's ever seen. But, um, so, I don't know. I'd like to do natural birth again. Um, if you had asked me, do I want to do natural birth again after she was born, I would have been like, you're insane. Give me every drug that was ever made. Right. And I used to have dreams where I was going into labor again and there were no drugs and I would get this like feeling of dread but there's been enough time that's passed between <laughs> then and now that I'm like oh, I did again it's fine <laughs> <laughs> which I think is one of the gorgeous things about the brain and like the sort of post-birth amnesia and the way the brain can sort of like gloss over trauma yeah and pain and so um I would like to do it again naturally just because it was a a, a really cool experience to be with Aurora when that was happening we did it together um but when I get there I'm so so not opposed to drugs anymore. At the time, I was like, no drugs. Now I'm like, maybe drugs. Well, I got to <laughs> tell you. So the mother of my children, Kelly, she, yeah. um, my first wife, she was a beast like you. Like she was, she wouldn't even take like a Tylenol. Oh, she yeah. just, not even a Tylenol. Like she was like straight up natural birth. And I remember <laughs> she, we're sitting in party hospital had just built these really nice rooms that were calm. It wasn't like the old school. It was like really nice. This is in the nineties, of course. So I'm sitting next to her and we have a midwife, which is totally new. This is our second child. And the first one, we had a really bad experience with the doctor yelling and screaming at her because she was, when she was trying to push the baby out, she would scream instead of holding it in. And he was like, if you just hold it in, that baby would be here by now. And like, Want to punch that dude in the mouth? You know, like, God, are you serious? Like, oh, y'all got- can't see my face right now. <laughs> so <laughs> we had a bad experience. Could. So she yeah. was like, not doing it. Like, midwife it. Let's yeah, make totally. this. Which, and I really liked this midwife. It was really cool. So she she's not taking drugs. We're in this like calm little room with candles and everything. Like, it was very peaceful. And she was talking about how the baby would, you know, come out and it would be a peaceful setting and immediately attached to the mom and like all these things, right? So she's taking no medicine. You 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 know where this is headed, I think. So. She's Kelly's doing fine, everything's fine, and then she goes into transition. And for those of you dudes that don't know, this is the moment <laughs> when the baby's like, This is it's time, it's getting there. Yeah. And she looked at me and she grabbed my hand like so hard, and she was like, Am I gonna die? And I said, No, you're not gonna die, you're gonna have this baby, everything's fine. And she was like, okay. And so she shuts her eyes and I looked at the midwife and I was like, is she going to die? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God, yeah. what is happening? Yeah. So, I mean, I've been there. It's You're a beast. It's to do it natural. Yeah. A lot of people use the epidural and it's like, oh, we just had the baby. Cool. Let me read this magazine. You know, like yeah. they're having a baby while they're reading, you know, Mad Which, Magazine. Look, no judgment. I, I got an anesthesia when I got my teeth out. There were plenty of people that used to get their teeth yanked with absolutely nothing mm-hmm. in medieval times. Like, hey, I can't imagine. That, yeah. Like, and, and I might choose drugs this time. You know, uh, I'm not going to put that on. Yeah. You know? I'm going to rule it out. Yeah, no, no yeah. judgment, but, but I just like, say you're a beast yeah. by doing it. I mean, but that's yeah, awesome. Yeah. My plan is to do it natural again, but you know, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Sure. Yeah. Well, Andy has been great. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. so great, That's you know, fun. and uh, I can't wait till the next part. So we will talk to you again next time on the Burrows of Berea. Woo.
Hey guys, this is Rick from the Burrows of Berea. Do you know how much blood, sweat, and tears it takes to make a podcast? None. But that doesn't mean that it doesn't cost a lot. And so if you guys don't mind, if anybody would like to give to help us with these episodes, it would be great. We'll put out even more content. And if you go to our Patreon page, just search for the Burrows of Berea, you'll get extra notes, extra episodes, and it's pretty much free. A dollar gets you a lot. Thanks, guys. Love him. Me so too. much. I know. He's so, he rocks. <laughs> so much. I know. I love Jesus too. And that's the part that I don't know what I would do without him. Yeah. No matter what, no matter how like heretical or like out there my beliefs get, you know, one thing I have in common with absolutely every single Christian on the history of man and and will well has been and will ever be is our shared absolute love and admiration and deep relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's right. That's the only thing. There's in some in some regards, that's the only thing I have in common. Yeah. You know, with other Christians. That's right. But I, that's the one thing I'll never, I can't get away. Know what I want to. Did I ever tell you, this is random. Did I ever tell you about the time I went to see like an energy healer? No. Yeah. So I went to see this woman who was like an energy healer. And I, this was during the period of time where I was like, you know, had left Christianity and was just looking for God anywhere I could find them, you know? Mm-hmm. And I go to this woman's house and, and she opens the door and she goes, well, and I just looked at it. She didn't know me at all. <laughs> wow. Yeah, she didn't know me at all. And she goes, so I opened myself up to all the guys in all the universe today. And I said, who would like to be here with Tiziana on her journey? And Jesus pushed everybody out of the way and said, me, this one's mine. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I just looked at it and I was like, sounds right. That sounds I love correct. That. Yeah. I love that. Now, it's actually, like, Quan Yen was there too, you which is interesting. But yeah. And I am yours. You are mine. And yes. I am yours. Jesus pushed everybody. She said, Jesus pushed. She's opened the door. I said, whale. Well. Whale. Yeah. She <laughs> said, Jesus just pushed everybody out of the way. I said, me, this one's mine. Yes. I yeah. love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that was actually where, uh, uh, anyway, well, there's a whole other thing there, but whatever. Yeah. As we're surrounded by such a great crowd of witnesses. Mm, yeah. You were talking I about that once different, before. I have different people that I think participate in my journey. Mm-hmm. Different angels, different guides. Jesus is, of course, Lord of all, but he's got a team that works with me. Yeah. And Mary Magdalene is one of them. And she showed up at that appointment and told me why she had been with me for as long as she'd been with me. Really? Mm-hmm. I've never had an experience like that. Well, I have had, I've had these moments when I'm reading the scripture, when it's like a flood. Mm-hmm. Have you had those? Mm-hmm. Like it's where like all the words, mm-hmm. like you would think they're too jumbled, but mm-hmm. in fact, you're just absorbing them almost like osmosis. Mm-hmm. You're not, it's not like the Bible on your hand. It's just like all the words you've studied all your life and then you get something and it's like the spirit just goes, it's like a rush. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly you get something you never saw before. Yeah. Like I love that. That's, that's what I've experienced. I have a very uniquely, I mean, like I'm a woman. And so I have a very unique experience in that I navigate in a woman's body and suffer the things that are socially and culturally suffered by embodied women. Mm -hmm. Now, trans women have their own sufferings as well. I'm not going to sit here and say that trans women don't have any suffering. Um, And historically, there are some really unique sufferings that happen to womb-bearing bodies. Yeah. Can I I say to trans men and trans women out there, Jesus died for you. Yeah, and also, can I just say, there's nothing wrong with you, and you're perfect the way that you are. Jesus died for you. Yeah. Well, I can't say that about them. I do. No, no. Well, you talk about. Uh, I'm talking about their. No one is perfect. No yeah. one is perfect, but Christ alone. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry. I think That's like saying your literally a million. Your bodies are made the way your bodies are made, and it's okay. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with God the way God made your body. God is able. God yeah. is able to yeah. do abundantly above what we even think. Yeah. We know. But that. so there's been periods of time where I've been really down, and I've needed a comfort. 
And there has been like this very distinctly feminine energy Mm -hmm. that comforted me. Mm -hmm. And several times I remember I was like, who are you? And I never got a clear name. And it was at that experience where Jesus pushed everybody out of the way and said, I'm yours and you're mine. This one's mine. Mm -hmm. Um, That Mary Magdalene showed up and she was like, Mary Magdalene's here. And Mary Magdalene was like, all of those times, it was me. It was me. Huh. Yeah. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Man, I have never had an experience like that in my life. Never. I'm weird though. <laughs> and I like, I like allow that. Cause the thing is I allow that sort of thing. Yeah. Cause I don't believe that. Um, I don't believe that every ascended being just now is done and doesn't participate. Cause mm-hmm. the Bible says we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses and other ethereal beings are constantly appearing to people here and there. Right. Um, so I don't think that um, every ascended being just stops being here on the earth. Mm-hmm. And I also don't think that every being that comes to me that's not Jesus is a demon. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that. Right. I think that Jesus is Lord of all and is sure. in charge of it all. But I think it's a team of people. I mean, the council is constantly referred to. The heavenly council is mm-hmm. constantly referred to, especially like look at Job, the story of Job. So I, I believe that Jesus has a team on me. Mm-hmm. And they include my guardian angels and they include different ascended beings that care for me. And again, Jesus is in charge of it. He's like, he's the doctor in charge of my You're care. You're not really saying anything different than somebody that I know that says, "My, I feel like my mom's looking down on me. Like yeah. somebody saying it like that. You're saying yeah. ascended being and it sounds weird. It's sure. not weird. It's just like saying, my uncle died. He was my best friend. And I think he's watching out for me. Like yeah. people yeah. say it all the yeah. time. You yeah, know? yeah, like, yeah. Totally. That's not weird. And so Mary Magdalene is one of the ones that watches out for right. me. Mm-hmm. And you have such a, like, you love Mary Magdalene, and I do too. The character, I hate to see even character. Her character is great. We're reading the Bible. She was a real person. <laughs> I wrote a song when I was hiking the trail of the Camino. Yeah, you said that and in your I testimony. And like, I, I saw, I sat at her thing, and I wrote this song for her. I've got to sing it for you one of these times, Annie. We should record it. Okay. Yeah, please. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Well, I saw Kaylee Sellers and Dania Sellers. Yeah, I love that. And we were talking about that. They were talking about your voice. Oh. Yeah, they love your voice. And they love the way you cut hair. Yeah. <laughs> I like I like the way that I cut their hair too, because they're the kind of people that like we just enjoy each other. Yes. And so and they're just wonderful, bright light beings. Uh-oh. And bright so, light's perfect. Yeah, Dania. Both of them. When I just see like Dania, a, oh, don't I just you just want, feel better? <laughs> yes. It doesn't matter what's going on. All she has to do is walk in the room. I'm just like, what lady? I can't I love her. And yeah. Kaylee, of course, is wonderful. And, and her Kaylee's hair is the same amazing. Way. Oh yeah, she's extraordinary. She's got long red hair, curly yeah. hair. Yeah. Yeah. I mean they're but they're just such they're just such you can't help but feel better when they're in the room. I know. And so I enjoy seeing oh, them too. I know they're wonderful sweet. people. Yeah, I love them. Well, let's let's get into this. She's no skills for this. I've been in therapy for a decade for my own childhood trauma. Mm-hmm. Like, I know how to handle this. Right. I'm uniquely positioned to handle this. But And you can mom so hard. I can mom so, so hard. hard. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. She, she can mom so hard now. I really can. And speaking of mom, you uh you Are we recording? Well, don't put any of that no, no, on no. there, though. No, well, everything yeah, before cut all that. Yeah, because that's just like personal yeah, shit. Okay. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, but yeah, no, I do mom hard. Was, so here's how we'll start it. You mom so hard. I do. <laughs> I do. And yeah, you you just told us that you know you now know the sex of the child. Yes. So last time I was here, yep. I was on my way. I had to leave. I had a hard, I had a hard out at 12 because Dylan and I had to go get a marriage certificate because we were getting married the following week. Well, I had to ha- I have a, a little thousand business. ultrasounds this pregnancy because I'm old. I don't know if I said that before, but they're like, mm, how you're old? old. Yeah. How old? I'm older than you. I, yeah. I went Much to elementary older. school with Moses. No, I, I <laughs> when just- I was a kid, the Dead Sea was just sick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah. So they, um, so they want to do, I have to do ultrasounds like all the time because I just want to like check, make sure that like, you know, my old body can handle a baby. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so the Monday that I got married, I had ultrasound that morning and they were like, they told me that morning. So we got married knowing that we were already having another, another little girl. Oh. And yeah. It was really exciting. And you got a name picked out? Yes. We're going to call her Jubilee James. Oh, that's yeah. cool. James yeah. is Dylan's JJ name. for short. JJ. I already She's call her JJ. Dynamite. Yes. <laughs> I love it. So she, it's so great. So she, um, yeah, we, um, Dylan's got a middle name that's James and it's a family name. It's his dad's middle name. It's his middle name. And, you know, whatever tradition, hand it down to the oldest born son. I mean, we're not stuck up in patriarchy like that. So we're just going to hand it down to our last born daughter. She can yeah. hand it down to whoever she wants. Yeah. She has cool. a son. Cool. If she doesn't, whatever. Yeah. You can give it to the dog. I love that name. Jubilee. Jubilee yeah. James. Yeah. I love the book of Jubilees, actually. I haven't read it. Oh, it's awesome. I need to read it. Yeah. It's really good. As a matter of fact, uh, whenever Stephen is, before he gets stoned to death and he's talking, he's giving his sermon, the quotes that he does is actually from the book of Jubilees. It's not from Genesis. Oh, isn't that wonderful? Yeah. Okay. I need to read it then. Yep. It's really cool. I haven't cool. like read the Maccabees either. There's a bunch of like extra books that yep. like live in the Catholic Bible that I have not read. Yeah. All the, the apocryphal books. I need to read all of them, you know? I need all of them, really. Yeah, me and Andy got into this, some pseudepigrapha, you know. Yeah, was, that was yeah, that was the book of Adam specifically. Andy, yeah, the the book oh, of Adam and Eve. I, really? Yeah, I can't hear you at all, can, and I can oh, only hear Rick because I can hear he's him. in the room with me. Well, then turn your headphones up. Oh. One of them knobs will do the job. Oh, do you know what's funny when you can't hear something? If what? you turn up the volume, <laughs> <That's> so cool. <laughs> I don't know if everybody at home knows this. <laughs> yeah. Fresh, cutting, <laughs> cutting edge. Like, this is ticker tape news happening at the bottom, right? Yeah. This just in. <laughs> turn turn up the volume. you here, try turning up the volume. <laughs> to show my age, you need to pump up the volume. Uh, pump up the volume. <laughs> Dance. Pump up the jams. Pump up the jams. That's right. Pump, Not pump up, up the, the jam. Pump, pump it, it up. up. Yeah. Oh, does anybody know that song? Wow, the something's pumping. Uh, ugh. Not, now, <laughs> now somebody, else, bother somebody else is listening to this podcast right now and literally seeing the entire thing start to finish. No <laughs> yeah. problem. No problem. You know? Definitely, because our demographic is between 35 and 65. Yeah. So somebody's listening. Yeah. <laughs> For, yeah. Mostly female, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, isn't that wild? That is wild. Yeah, that's what the How advertiser you even said. Know that? Analytics. Ooh. Yeah. Analytics. Analytics, yeah. We've Ooh. learned all about it. We, we decided not to do any advertisements on the show. I hate listening to advertisements on my favorite podcast. I hate it. Oh, you know what I like about advertisements on podcast? You can go pee. That little button that says skip 30 yep. seconds. That oh, one. that's true. I never listen to an advertisement on a podcast. I know, but like yeah. when I'm driving down the road, like I love Smartless. Have you ever listened to that? Oh, it's awesome. It's uh, Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and uh, I can't remember, Josh somebody. He I, was on I love Will all those Grace. people. Yeah, it's a great podcast. And they have people on like Jennifer Aniston, and mm-hmm. uh, they had Kristen Wiig on. Smartless? Smartless. Yeah, it's really good, but they have, oh, the ads are terrible. There's like beginning, middle, and end, and it's like three minutes long, and I'm driving down the road, so I can't really skip. That's like, six six hits. <laughs> that's true, yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six. Put it down. Yeah, that's the only thing I don't like about those podcasts. Anyway, I guess we're rolling. Yeah, yeah, we're going. 